nice setup with like a professional mic and the whole headphones and things. And I'm just like, this is it. This is, this is the zoom thing. I just stand in front of the camera and babble. No, I just buy a bunch of stuff. So it looks like I know what I'm doing, but it's, it's, it's all for show. It sounds like you know what you're doing, man. It's nice to see you. Nice to meet you, like kind of officially in real life. What's up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is cool. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited to to be doing this finally. It's, it's been a long time coming, man. I, uh, I appreciate you. You've been a uh, solid supporter of DCL and all things metal and weird. So, uh, like one, we are blood. I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. Right on. So, how you been, man? What's going on? Ah, uh, yeah, pretty good. Um trying to get through all this quarantine bullshit I'm, uh, you're in new york correct well not city but new york yeah, state yeah upstate new york um i am just a few short days away from going into phase four which will be the last phase so hopefully by that point everything should be open so um, you guys are still kind of locked down and shit yeah yeah i mean we have some stuff is open um you know, like restaurants are open to like 50% capacity, but I don't know, for me, uh, luckily I've been able to work this whole time with the job I have, but um, gyms are still closed. That's been the hardest part. Tell me about it. So what are you doing? Yeah. I wanted to talk to you about that. What, uh, what are you doing home workout wise? Cause you're pretty, uh, for those that don't know, I guess I should give a little rundown. You're pretty, uh, you're pretty active. You do your Ironman shit. You, uh, or our killer you race you lift that's all good you're a loyal member of the lifting dead army emperor in the lifting dead army for those that don't know and for all that you're about to say as to your secrets as to why you're in shape i just want everybody to know that the real reason is because you're an emperor in the lifting dead army okay good now, good. You, yeah. now you may take it away get that get that straight yeah uh <laughs> ever since quarantine it's just been all it's just been mostly body weight stuff yeah um a lot of the some of the obstacle races that I that I have done in the past, um, one of the ones I've done, Savage Race, they put out some virtual races, uh, so I did some of those, just kind of stay active. Lots more road running. Haven't been out on any trails lately because I mean even the parks and stuff were were closed for a while. But um, in the beginning, I was I was actually kind of uh, thankful for the quarantine in a way because I was finally forced to like stay home and recover because really? I really did some damage last year with some of the races I was doing but now that it's been 12 weeks later I am very tired of yeah not just doing push-ups I, I need I need a barbell back it'll be nice once you get it back man I've been we've been back to the gym for a short amount of time nothing crazy so I've been slowly implementing the weights back in but I was on a super bruce lee body weight inspired gymnastics kind of kick there for a while but like dude i'm thankful for it too because uh it's easy to get too addicted to the iron you know and yeah. uh i i think mastering your own body weight is like the probably the coolest thing you could do you know like yeah yeah definitely i've been forced to actually work on planks yeah and uh mobility just, and shit. just the stuff that i have purposefully been putting off for so long but so what is your typical training like in a perfect world if you have gyms and access to everything and what what do you like to do? Um I I I prefer to do just like bodybuilding splits. Okay. Uh, you know, five days a week and just one to two muscle groups a day. And then just like an active rest, kind of steady state cardio on the weekends is what I usually have been doing. Um 
I don't know. I, I is I that actually for performance or is that for just aesthetic or both? Uh, it's it's mostly just preference. Yeah, I mean, I I was I was never an athlete growing up, so once I started going to the gym just a few years ago, it was solely for vanity reasons. Like I'm not gonna lie and say sure. I was you know doing like, it for health. That's how a lot um, of us dudes start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what ended up, you know, really kind of keeping me into fitness is just, just like the, uh, like the transformative side of it, just to be able to say, oh, I'm gonna, you know, for 12 weeks, I'm gonna dedicate myself to muscle building and just see, you know, how big I can get. And then afterwards, I'm going to do six weeks of like a hard shred and see how lean I can get. And that was really kind of how Last year, I got into obstacle course racing because I decided I wanted to just basically try something I'd never done before. So I went from January to never really running further than three miles on a treadmill to September was my last race. And it was, uh, I think it was a 16-mile mountain race with 35 obstacles. And yeah, just... Fuck, dude. I mean, I even after doing that, I mean, it's a lot of fun. I still prefer just the bodybuilding stuff. Um, for me, that's, I don't know if to call it punishment is the right word, but I feel like it's the most like benefit that I feel. I, I feel the most successful when I leave the gym, when I just tear down everything in a day. Right, man. I get that. But aren't training for races, doesn't training for races and actually performing the race, like beat the fuck out of you kind of equally. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely can. Um, especially last year, you know, I had this going into it. I had this idea that I was going to, uh, train for endurance, but I wanted to keep up the bodybuilding. And so, you know, I was, we always want to do that. I was doing, you know, pretty hard weight workouts during the week. And then I was doing just these long, hard mountain trail runs on the weekends you know, I'd be getting out on the trail at like 6 a.m. and then just running till like 11, just climbing up and down like these ski mountains that we have around here. And I really did a lot of damage to my joints and, you know, hurt my, hurt my elbow climbing a rope in the beginning of the year, you know, just not having technique and trying stuff and uh, hurt my knees just, you know, from bombing down hills so much. and Repetitive with running. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. that's that's what I experienced too, you know, going from like kind of meathead status, you know, just like doing yeah. blocks, but like, you know, the classic, what do you do for fitness? You lift weights. What do you do for cardio? You lift weights faster. Like I kind yeah. of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of was that dude for a while. So I tried to get more functional and like uh, run outdoors and do the whole thing like that. And uh, I found one that I didn't know how to run. You know, most, yeah. most people don't know how to run with, with proper form. You know, I got a whole like certification on like a speed and agility kind of thing and kind of helped me a lot, but, um, you do fucking be, if you don't do it right, you can, you can wreck your knees and ankles and all that stuff pretty hard. Yeah, for sure. And, and I just, I don't know my, my heaviest that I was last year racing, I was, I was two fifteen, and Damn. Like at, at every starting line, I was easily 80 pounds heavier than the next guy. And, you know, at some point I should have been like, am I doing something wrong? But instead I just, you know, just kept sticking up with, with what I was doing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I had planned on some races still racing for this year. 
uh, they were just all going to be five K's just because I, I, I think it's fun, but I wasn't going to go as hard on the, uh, the endurance side. Cause I wanted to stick with the, the strength and the, and the muscle building. That's cool. So you do that just kind of for, for fun and for conditioning at this point, rather than being competitive at it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, one of the things that I like so much about the obstacle racing is, you know, obstacles kind of force you to be more transparent and, and more honest with your, with your work style. You know, like when you're in the gym, you can cheat on a squat. Like you don't have to go down as low or you can cheat on a barbell curl, but when you're out there on an obstacle, you either got it or you don't. True. You know, you're either going to go across the monkey bars and fall off or you're going to make it. And so I like that it kind of forced me to, to focus more on, you know, certain upper body strengths instead of just getting really good at lat pull downs like I was. So. True. Yeah. I fell into that trap myself. Now I, nowadays I think it's more impressive to, you know, climb across monkey bars and do handstand pushups and, you know, back bends and all that shit. I could never do any of that shit before when I was trying to just be yeah. big and strong. So, you know, but it's a double-edged sword because it's super cool to be big and strong in the, <laughs> the best work. My favorite style of workouts, bodybuilding workouts too. They're like a guilty pleasure almost, you know, like chest and tries is the shit back and buys is the shit, you know, it's not yeah. as fun to do like a total body mobility movement kind of, kind of thing. And then endurance. So, I get where you're coming from. We resonate on that level for sure. I try yeah, to last, not to, not to keep bragging too much, but last, like late, late, late last summer, I, I picked a week where I PR'd uh, on the, the big three movements, mm-hmm. uh, you know, squat, bench and deadlift. And then I PR'd on a, like a steady state mountain trail run on Saturday. And like, you know, Sunday I was just completely wrecked, but I also was like, Hell yeah, man. Like I just did, I just did, you know, the biggest movements that I've ever done on, you know, all four of those things. But, you know, the thing that I kind of learned the hard way was that, um, that kind of strength and that kind of musculature just isn't needed in a race. I haven't, I haven't done an obstacle course race where you had to deadlift 405. So being able to deadlift 405 doesn't really count for much, but it's just a a preference thing. It's a balance, you know, it depends on what your goals are. Like if you're trying to win races, then probably deadlifting 405 isn't the yeah, move. No, but if you're no, trying to fight, not. if you're trying to just be a generally fit Batman style motherfucker, like I know we both are, it's cool to deadlift 405 and also do pretty good in a race. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's kind of what I like to equate is like, I like to be pretty good at everything, but not. Yeah. yeah excel at one thing because if i can you can crush a mile in four minutes you're probably not going to be able to bench press 315 you know it's like then if you bench press 315 you're probably not going to be able to crush a mile or do backflips or anything i like to be a jack of all trades master of none yeah just (laughs) mediocre at anything you throw at me yeah like pretty good like i can handle it but i'm not gonna like put like a world-class olympian out of a job or anything like that you know yeah yeah for sure do you uh do you do anything for as far as mobility, flexibility, yoga, anything like that for, for like recovery? Uh, I really have a routine. I just very basic, mm-hmm. um, just certain like, you know, static stretching that I usually try to do. Uh, mostly it's what I do on the weekends. Um, and I do some static stretching kind of like in between movements sometimes when I'm in the gym. 
like if I'm doing legs, I'll do leg extensions and then I'll go into like a quad stretch and hold that. Right. Um, I don't, I don't do probably near what I should. Um, well, you should, you should, you should let me, uh, should let the lifting dead army help you with that, man. I think that'd be super beneficial to you. Give you like probably, a little mobility yeah. day is huge, man. And it will humble yeah. you at first. Like I, you know, can barely, uh, could barely squat, do like an overhead squat, you know, with your hands extended, yeah. try to squat with like perfect form. Like that's hard as fuck to do, especially if you have like a lot of muscle. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I, I think if, especially if you're trying to do, are, are you still trying to do races and stuff and all that? Or are you kind of past that? Well, I, I had a race. Uh, it was the first Saturday in March and it was actually the last race that Spartan did until last weekend. Everything got canceled. Um, so that was just a 5k. I, I just, I wanted to do that one because it's local. Yeah. Um, and then I have another one planned, another short one in uh, August. That's down in PA. I have no idea if it's going to happen or not, but those are the only ones that I was really anticipating doing this year. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to be the the guy that constantly says you should do yoga, but well, like last time, I think you should, you should try it. I think it'd be super beneficial. Then, uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things that, um, you know, I've always wanted to get into trying, but it's something that, you know, as with anything, yoga, especially it's all about form. And so I don't want to go into it, not having a clue what I'm doing and just, you know, yeah, no, you get, get really sweaty holding a pose, but still didn't do anything for my mobility. It will. If you, you start basic, you start doing it right. And this is for anybody listening. It's not just for you. It's a, you know, if you just start with basic movements that you kind of can't fuck up, you know what I mean? Or even just like training yourself to, you know, hold, go down into a squat with proper form and just hold yourself up in a plank and all, all that stuff, you know, that transcends into basically everything. And like what it's mostly beneficial for is your mind, you know, and um, just being in tune with your body. Like it really helps you bring awareness to all the areas and movements in your body that like, I, I think if, if I was more into yoga and meditation and shit, when I was like, trying to be a, the best bodybuilder I could be, I would have excelled like 50 times more than I did, you know, cause it's all in your mind and it's all about those mind muscle connections and yeah. you develop those so strong. Right. And, uh, with, with that shit, especially, you know, doing endurance races and all that stuff. I mean, you can probably talk on that, like how much of that's mental and how much is physical is probably a good bit of it's mental. Uh, I, you know, I feel like, at least for me, like the struggle was always mental, especially when I was doing the longer yeah. ones. Yeah. Um, you know, cause I did for the Northeast, I did like the mountain, what Spartan calls the mountain series races. And it's exactly that. It's just a run up a stupid ski mountain and it just feels like it never ends. Sure. And um, yeah, it, it's, it's about just having the mindset of just, you know, worry about three feet in front of you and that's it. Mm -hmm. You know, it, don't worry about, Cause as soon as you start to tell yourself, man, my legs are tired, you know, then it's all over. So kind of keeping just that, that mental attitude that it's going to be okay. Um, yeah, and, you know, and, and you and I have talked before through DMS and stuff about more mindfulness. And I know that's something that I can work on, you know, beyond just a fitness thing, just, you know, life in general. I'm, helps I'm not a very man. quiet minded person. What's yeah. that? It helps with everything and neither am I, man. Oh. It, it changed my life more than anything. And that's, you know, that's kind of why I like to low key slip it into our programs and, and everything. Cause a lot of people that are, are down with 
with what we do at Death Comes Lifting or probably have some crazy minds, which is always good to try to take care of that, man. That's like the best form of therapy is just to, and it's super hard, man. Like I, it's way easier to do a max out on all your lifts for a week than it is to meditate for 20 minutes. Like yeah, I, just you know. sit quietly and breathing is a lot harder than it should be. Yeah. Well, and that's not necessarily our fault, man. We just live in a world that is kind of always like, like we, we were talking about this and actually in my uh, yoga class the other day, it's like, we're always getting input, like no matter what, like even when we're sleeping, like if we have a fan on or like something, you know, we wake up, you check your phone, you hear shit. We're on a podcast. You're even when you're working, you're listening to stuff, you know, like we're kind of wired. Our brain's kind of wired to react and always be on to the next thing, you know, streaming, we're picking the next show on Netflix. We're, you know, this album is fucking too long. Uh, I'm going to just shuffle that and go to, and go to the next one, you know? So we're always kind of in the what's next mindset without being grounded. And that's what it really teaches you to just connect with your, with yourself and with, with your body. And that, I mean, going way beyond fitness, of course, that will help in anything you do in the gym, but just anything you, you do in life, man, like and creatively with music, especially and everything, man, I think it'd be the, It'd be, re- it'd be really cool for you to see you get into that a little more. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's definitely uh, for, for me talking about the music that that's, mm-hmm. I feel like my biggest downfall in, you know, the music not being any more than what it is, is 100% of just because I can't get out of my mind long enough to, you know, push for the things that I really want to do and, and learning how to shut that off. Yeah. I, I, I have no doubt that it would be huge. It's just getting to that point. We'll get there. We'll talk after this. We'll, we'll, we'll get you on a thing. But I just wanted to talk on this so everybody, because everybody needs it, man. I mean, yeah. I, I practice it. I need to hear it. So myself babbling is also to hear, to validate myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, Every, good. Everyone needs to hear it, man. We're helping each other. We, that's what we do, man. We are fitness for the misfits. And you're, I'm glad you're involved, bro. So let's, uh, speaking of, you know, the music thing, let's, uh, let's talk, so let's talk about Valkyrie AD. For those that don't know, I published a review of your, your record, your EP, whatever you want to call it. It's great. You're pretty vicious black metal ish musician, metal musician, I would say. And, uh, let's talk, talk about how that started and, uh, yeah, give me, give everybody a little rundown on Valkyrie AD. Yeah. So, uh, Valkyrie AD is a, uh, what feels like a lifelong pipe dream, uh, just idea that I've had. And, um, you know, I, I just reached a point where I was tired of it being an idea. So, you know, finally started recording and getting some stuff out, but it's, a it's a horror themed, uh, solo metal project. Um, I'm really not a big fan of subgenres so i don't know how you would subcategorize it for the metal fans out there i tried it's um, not easy it's a little bit of everything so and i'm not a huge fan of subgenres either but being in the yeah. i am i kind of have to be have to classify things but uh it's impressive it's not, i'm gonna let you go i'm sorry keep going well you know i've always i've always just kind of considered it you know just under the blanket of death metal but then like after listening to all the episodes with you know the cardio killer and like casket slime and some of those guys like it is not death metal it's extreme metal i would say it's okay yeah yeah we'll take that but it's not but yeah it's uh it's, it's just not, this, um like fucking anything that's gonna it's not morbid angel but at the same time it's not like i mean it's heavier than pantera 
it's heavier than like you know the basic metal shit like that it's not you know it's not disturbed or anything like that you know so you're you are pushing into that extreme category yeah so yeah so i guess for anyone listening i, I would consider it i would consider it too melodic for like deicide but mm-hmm. not melodic enough for like in flames and it's too slow to be thrash too fast to be groove and maybe too much production to be black metal so just whatever that whatever that Great. sounds like to you we'll call it we'll call it valkyrie ad fantastic but uh yeah it's for i don't even know how long now i've just always had the idea to try to get it going um you know horror was probably my first love ever since i was probably too young to be into horror but um you know it's what I, it's what i grew up on and when i finally started to get into heavier music uh when i was in high school and then you know beyond high school when i was really starting to write things i just was trying to find a way to marry those two worlds and you know create this thing on my own and that's even where you know the name valkyrie came from um you know for, for people that that know valkyrie is is a like a norse mythology character mm-hmm. and so a few people might think that a name valkyrie means that it's viking metal but you know for, for those that don't know a, a valkyrie is um from mythology it's it's uh, like this angelic charge of choosing who would die in battle, and they would take the souls to valhalla to fight alongside odin in the uh, ragnarok which is essentially armageddon and uh you know whenever i was researching kind of just the origins of the word you know the, the belief was that valkyries initially began as more of like a demonic creature of the dead and they were building their own army of the dead as a way to you know fight against the good in in armageddon and for me that was just the you know the definition that spoke to me more so you know i i kind of latched onto that and so it's been about just building this world of you know witches and demons and ghouls and all kinds of vile wretched gross stuff and yeah so there's there's a ton of material written it's just very slowly and and finally getting it out so we have the first uh demo out uh tales from the wicked and then the second demo is actually being mixed right now should be mastered and and released soon and well great yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll just keep the momentum up and just continue building this little tongue in cheek horror world that I've wanted to have for so long dude it's it's the most gratifying thing if you can keep it up i know you will i know just by talk you hearing you talk that you will just like building that world that was an idea in your head has to just be whether you know whether you sell shit or not when i started death comes lifting i was like dude i don't give a fuck if 10 people buy a shirt you know as long as like yeah i, I created it and then it was like out of my head and onto a physical reality then like dude there's nothing more than that and if you're you're building this kind of horror metal world that's in your has been in your head forever like to me that's why that's my that's probably why it resonated with me so well is it's just like super uh authentic it's super legit like you can tell you just love it it's what it's, you're doing a you're doing service to what is in your mind which is ultimately if everyone could do that we'd all be happier yeah you know and i'm sure it's like um 
I'm sure every band or every musician feels the same way where they, uh, you know, when they think of themselves as a musician, they picture like, you know, Metallica on like the Black Album Tour and they picture just like this huge worldwide, you know, multi-million dollar whatever. Sure. And of course. You know, of course, that was always how I how I viewed myself when I was 14. But, of course. you know, last year or, or the year before, I just kind of had this bit of a, I don't know, just a humbling moment where, you know, if I could just do anything that's a part of the heavy metal community in any way, you know, for me, that's going to be a win. If, if I put this out and one person likes it, that's, you know, one person more that would have liked it if I just kept it as a guitar pro file in my bedroom and exactly and then when one person did like it it's like well then i guess i have to do a second one so yeah and i you better you better do you ever um think about adding uh other members to the project or do you want to keep it as a solo thing or what well it was it, it was never really meant to be a solo endeavor um I, i'm i'm originally from from a small town in, in northeast texas that was where i grew up oh, sure. and you know, I really didn't have very much of a metal scene there. So, you know, when I was into heavy music and when I first started writing, there was a couple guys that I like, you know, would jam with, but never anything serious. And then the city I was living in when I was going to college, the metal scene there was basically that, you know, people just wanted to be like the next Attila or like the next Whitechapel. Uh, I, mean, I, I tried out for a couple bands and I, I, I even like tried out for one group and the guitar player actually told me, he's like, you're just too riffy. It's like, well, oh, you know, oh, that's not, the worst. I'm sorry. That's why I got six strings and not two, but yeah. Um, and then three years ago when I moved up here to New York, uh, the area that I'm in now, it it's, you know, seems like all anybody wants to do is just play nineties alternative covers at the bar. So you know, I've certainly been looking for members. I have a guy that I've been playing guitar with. You know, we we started playing guitar at the end of the year last year, and then we were getting some momentum, getting some stuff going at the start of this year, and hoping to get some some shows. And if it came to having to be, you know, two guitars playing with a backing track, as lame as it would be, I think that was the direction we were headed for, at least. And then the world then the world ended. So yeah, just kind of kind of back to me. But no, I've I've always envisioned it as being a band. Uh, and I think that's why it has so much of kind of the melodic uh, harmony guitars because it was always meant to be, you know, two guitar players and meant to be a band, not just me in my bedroom. So I personally think it kind of makes it cooler that it's just you right now or just you recording it. I think it makes it all the more impressive, man. You know, like I'll lay down a riff in my bedroom and be like, oh, that was fucking cool but not know like the first thing about like harmonizing it to another guitar and playing bass under it and adding a drum machine. And, you know, you sing on it too. Like, you know, obviously you're not the first person to ever do that. There's a million of those people out there, but um, I, I think to me that adds value that adds value to it. But as a live experience, yeah, it definitely is cooler to probably see a live band, the full band. Yeah. And, and I think too, that, you know, the solo aspect of it um, certainly helps lean into more of the black metal influence because it seems like it's a very prominent thing that a lot of black i don't want to say a lot but a few black metal groups are usually just one artist there's a lot i would say i would go as far as to say there's a lot of them 
Yeah. yeah. I'm talking to a guy tomorrow, uh, Abduction. Have you ever heard of him? Uh-uh. They're a solo, he's a solo, black metal artist from the United Kingdom. It's really fucking great, good stuff. Oh, I mean, like sweet. heavy, cool. heavy black metal, yeah. Talking to him tomorrow, but um, and I, I'm interested to get his opinions on that too, because like at some point it kind of became cliche to do, do like solo black metal or to, uh, he wears a hood, you know? So yeah. like but remain anonymous, you know? I feel like after Ghost blew up, every band that tries to be anonymous is kind of like, ah, you just can't do it anymore, you know? Right. But uh, it, I'm, I'm torn on that, um, you know? I wonder what you, what you think about it is like, I think the, the uh, internet can kind of ruin some bands. It ruins the mystique. Like, I don't need to see what every guitar player is eating for lunch or like what they're doing right. with their kids, you know? Which is like, cool. They're people. That's awesome. But like, it ruins that whole mystique. But at the same time, if you try so hard to be, you know, like something like Ghost, you know, that, that isn't intentionally mysterious. And it's kind of just like, eh, I don't know. I'm torn. I'm, I have a, no opinion either way, but. I don't think we will ever have another nationally televised uh, unveiling like we did with Kiss when we finally got to see behind the makeup. Right. And everyone lost their minds. Yeah. Like, God, oh, they're so ugly. But uh, yeah, that's why they wore it in the first place. They were smart. You know, I, I did. I did toy around. Uh, for some time uh kind of the corpse paint aspect of it mm -hmm. i think um you know because i wanted to I, I wanted to go forward with with playing shows you know solo and, and like we said it would probably not make for the best uh of of live experiences so i was looking for ways to you know for for me my my vision of a live show is a lot like um like a rob zombie very theatrical you know, a lot of stage props and projectors and lights and, you know, dancers and makeup and whatever. And, mm -hmm. you know, if, if it's just one guy struggling with the guitar, that might be hidden if you got other things to look at. So, you know, I did, I did think about incorporating corpse paint so that it could be more of a character, but I don't know. I think the problem with gimmicks in music is, you know, if you're just doing a gimmick, for the sake of having a gimmick it 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 becomes very obvious as opposed to doing it because it truly serves the music you know like you said you know black metal artists do they do the corpse paint because they believe in it or do they do the corpse paint because they don't think they'll be black metal if they don't right uh, that's a, i think that's answers up to the artist individually and you can kind of clearly hear and see which ones are doing it because they feel like they need to or doing it because they feel like they have to right one would say you know but uh i think a lot of that comes from because we're we're very similar in a lot of ways man um you know horror was my first love before i even knew what rock and roll even was you know so i was always into the theatrical aspect of it that's why like man i, I remember we even talked like i think we both got the same kiss record first they uh double, double platinum, platinum. yeah yeah, man, that's the shit. Like to this day, that's my favorite. That's like anything Kiss. Like the version of Strutter on that's better than any other version <laughs> of Strutter. Well, we can we can go on for days about Double Platinum. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but uh, like I always enjoyed the larger than life Kiss, Rob Zombie, Alice Cooper, Marilyn Manson. Even Morbid Angel was more of a theatrical death metal band mm -hmm. than like you know just displaying chops on guitar and you know all that stuff. I always uh. I always thought that that went together great in a, in a live setting. And unless you're like 
a really fucking energetic band or just like a really killer band, like musicianship wise, I always prefer a theatrical performance, but that's just me. I know a lot of people feel differently. Yeah. Cause I feel like, especially now with, you know, YouTube and everybody having a, you know, an incredibly enhanced camera in their pocket on their phone. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you go to a show and film the show and it's nothing more than them just playing it live, you know, ultimately what's the reason for going to the show? Like, exactly. sure. There's, there's always that, you know, that vibe of being there, but if there's really nothing that, you know, theatrically can replace, you know, the true mood, then otherwise you're just hearing someone play things with a shakier voice and more mistakes. Yeah. Unless you're just pure raw, like energy makes up for it then, but few bands can really pull that off in a legit way. Um, Are you familiar with code orange? Yeah. So um, they're from my town. They're from Pittsburgh. They're for, they're from my my hometown. So I've been exposed to them quite a while and uh, I'm not the hugest fan. Like I don't really sit around and throw on code orange, like hardly ever. No disrespect to them. Just not my, not really my vibe, but um, we went to one of their shows and like, I was absolutely floored by their performance and they did nothing special other than just put everything they had like fucking breaking the guitars. They jumped out into the crowd, they're fucking head banging and screaming and just like putting everything into it in like a super legit way. And like, it was one of the, it was probably my favorite show I was at this year and I haven't listened to it on album since I was at that show. Yeah. I mean, so there, there's that whole aspect too. And I feel, I feel like that's more of like maybe a hardcore punk thing. You know, there's some metal bands that really pull it off. Cannibal Corpse does a great job at that. They don't do anything special, but they just stand there and they're fucking powerful. <laughs> yeah. So you could do that too. Yeah, yeah. We will see. I uh, the good news is is once we start playing shows, you know, uh, new bands, especially new extreme metal bands, you don't usually have more than ten people anyway, so I don't have to worry about social distancing. No. Yeah. That's that's a good pull. Yeah. And there's nobody else in your band, so you you'll be right, yeah. on stage too. Bring a bunch yeah, of. It's been playing the long game. It's all part. It's all part of. Dude, what I, I was hoping for. Valkyrie AD with like you know you you could be your if you're solo that's great you can do that and then set up like some like fucked up scarecrows like like that would be your side you know your your support yeah. band. A little, yeah, man. A little bit of fog machine goes a long way. You know, just like set it up a little bit like that. And I think that'd be really fucking sweet. Yeah, I went to uh, when I was still living in Texas. I went to. Um, one of John Five's uh, solo shows. Yeah, man, he does that well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was it was just a small stage. It was him, his bassist, and his guitar player, and it's all instrumental, you know. Uh, but he had like off stage, there was a projector, and it was just playing like some you know black and white B movie, like werewolf movie, over and over. And he had like Halloween inflatables on stage, and like. Mm-hmm. That was enough of a, you know, an ambient atmosphere, at least for me, you know, being that cheesy horror fan. I was like, this is exactly where I need to be right now. Of course. Yeah, I saw that tour, too. And I, I thought the same way. I thought, like, how much less interesting would this be if that wasn't there? And yeah. I love John Five. And, like, I mean, talk about a great fucking guitarist. It's about as good as you get, you know. But even still, it'd be kind of boring if it was just him with the guitar. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and who's John Five? Like nobody. Like there's like Van Halen and John Five. You know, yeah. So it's a uh, that's pretty cool, man. What a uh, so, yeah. What's next? What's the uh, what's coming up with the next album? The next release? Can we talk about that at all? Yeah, 
Yeah, I, mean, I don't have like management to upset if I if I divulge any secrets. Yes, so, yeah. you do. You have to build the rock star status, bro. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. Hang on, I gotta check with my lawyer. But we uh, exclusive first look. See. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's it's gonna be another another demo. Um, the first one was four songs. This one will be five songs. Uh, four complete songs, and then it has like a little instrumental intro. Uh, this one's gonna be called Vile. Nice. And uh, yeah, like I said, should be it, it's it's being mixed right now. I used uh, I'm using the same guy that I used to help me mix and master the first release, uh, which he you know I should plug him too. His name is uh, Dwayne Williamson. He has his own little uh, uh, production company. He's trying to put together uh, Modern Mythology Studios. So if anybody needs anything, you should check him out. And he's got his own little like horror themed uh bit more of a stoner doom uh but it's beast mountain this is his project some pretty cool stuff i should i'd feel bad if i didn't throw it out there for the people definitely do that man that's great i want to check it out myself so yeah i'm going through him again we you know we we hit it off really well he um he was actually from austin originally and he moved up near where i am and he uh he put out a an ad online looking for people to record and in a in a moment of sheer courage and bravery i responded and we went and met and hit it off immediately so we decided to work on that first release and he ended up uh he lives in portland oregon now so this one i did all the recording at home and i've just been sending him the stems files and he's doing the mixing part because that's something that i don't know if i'll ever have the patience for but dude i totally like love it and appreciate it and i've uh i've tried myself to uh to to mix and uh i can, I can record i can set some shit up but yeah. uh, mixing and producing is a is an art form man i think i think mixing would be different if i was mixing someone else but i can't listen to myself that many times over and over again that's true I understand that too. I never listen. I never re-listen to my own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. So I, I appreciate you and everybody out there for listening to them because when I edit them, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we, I get that, man. That's a, that's a curse of a, it's a curse of an artist. You're good. You're doing yeah, good. Yeah. I, uh, you know, if I can be real for a moment, uh, you know, you talk a lot about, um, mental health on this show sometimes and, mm-hmm. um, of course, you know, I'm not different in having depression and anxiety like a large portion of the world. But for me, my uh, bane of existence is uh, self-loathing and uh, like self-doubt. And so it's, I mean, it's 100% of the reason why I got into fitness and why I'm into fitness the way I am. And it's 100% of the reason why Valkyrie is so slow in like gaining traction too hard so yeah yeah you know if there's one person on this planet who's gonna fuck up a valkyrie song it's gonna be the guy that wrote it so you know too too scared to try sometimes but understood man now we i appreciate that sentiment because i am the exact same way but the um the most powerful move you can make in dealing with that mindset is to just fucking do it you just gotta put it out 
you know yeah i i i stalled on doing podcasts for so long and every i had everybody saying you gotta do a podcast you gotta do a podcast. i don't want to fucking do a podcast like i don't <laughs> listen to myself i don't want to talk to you i don't fucking give a shit you know like but then i just started and i just didn't listen to him i just put them out just put them out people liked it all right i mean i'm not fucking one one millionth of what something like joe rogan is don't get it twisted or anything but uh it is super gratifying to just and empowering to know that you did it. So like your first, your first EP, I mean, that's a huge step. Just putting it, just putting it out there, just letting, letting the world hear it. So put it out and promote it because you know what? Most people, that's what I've learned, putting myself out there and shit out there. Most people don't give a fuck in, in a good way or a bad way. You know, yeah. like they, the worst thing they'll say is, uh, that dude's that, that that's kind of lame. That dude's being an idiot on the internet. Well, all right, I'm going to go back to my day job and never get anything done. That's how I look at him. You know, yeah. so, you, know the, you have to just get other people's perceptions out of your head. And that's the best, that's the best way I've done it. You know, everybody's different. Um, most people don't give a shit, dude. And if they, if they follow you, odds are they, they're going to dig it. Like I'm going to dig whatever you put out, even if it's, even if I think it's objectively worse than the first album, which is probably not, but even if I do, it'd be like, it's fucking badass that he did it. So I'm going to support it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely been a, been a learning progress. Um, I I found, um, you know, going back to the fitness side, I I've certainly learned a lot about myself through fitness, kind of forcing yourself into doing things you don't want to do. And, and, you know, I found that for me, it helps to be more transparent with, my goals. Um, cause even if, you know, like you said, even if you don't care what my goals are, I'm still thinking that you're going to ask me to like follow up on it. So I need to stay on top of it so that I have like a progression to say. So if I tell you, yeah, I'm working on a second release and you may not care. I still have to work on it in case you do ask, Hey, how's that second release coming along? Then I can, you know, I don't, I don't have to say, Oh, well, you know, I haven't gotten around to it yet or Sure. Same, same with these, you know, obstacle course races that I was doing last year. I talked a lot about them to people at work and they could not have fucking cared less mm-hmm. about me running in the mud on, you know, every Saturday. But sure. in case they did ask me one time, I could say, yeah, I'm on, I'm on top of it. It's uh, just taking ownership, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Only, so not to like, you only, know, bring the vibe way down and no, do that serious stuff up, but. No, dude, that's not, that's great, man. We need, we need to hear that people, you know, how many people feel the same way, bro. It's like important to talk about shit like that, but you know, bring it around and that's, that's the beauty of us horror metal fucking freaks talking about shit like that, because most people in our position probably feel the same way, which led them here. If you're not, if you're not a little bit fucked up, I'm sorry, but you're not listening to this podcast. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not. So that's how, that's how that happens, man. That's, that's important, but strengthening your mind through fitness and through yoga and meditation and through, you know, listening to new music, talking to new people, putting yourself out there. That's the best way to just break away from all that shit, man. You know, and um, I know you, you probably know who David Goggins is, right? I do. Yeah. Right? I've, he's, I've heard him yell at me a few times through exactly, Instagram man. posts and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to credit him because like, I can't like quote him and like, you know, take credit for anything he said, but it, what sticks with me is, you know, most people quit at 40% is what he says. So like, you know, in uh, in fitness, when you're running, 
when you start to feel tired and that like inkling in your brain says, fuck, my knees hurt. I can't finish this race. That's 40% of what you're, of what you're capable of. And that's when most people stop. So when you grind through that and you set your mind, like, no, one foot in front of the other, or like 10 more reps, I'm finishing this set. Even when everything in your body's telling you to stop, that's actually 40%. And what you, when you get to that point in your mind, your mind hardens and it expands. And that is when you grow. That's the difference between someone that just goes to the gym and someone that looks like a fucking champion is they're in tune with themselves. And if you can meditate on that and strengthen that part of your mind, dude, that will venture out like branches from a tree into everything you do in life. And that's like one little thing that not a little thing. That's a huge thing that, that that's helped me and my clients more than, more than anything. I should have just wrote that down. You have it forever. You can listen to this podcast, <laughs> you know, seriously. I mean, that's uh, it sounds like almost corny, but um, it's the power of your mind, man. Your, your, your mind's your biggest, it's your, it's your biggest tool, but it's, you know, it's your biggest doubter. And if you, if you have that set to a, the wrong frequency, you can bring you down. Like, you know, I, I have a super self deprecating sense of humor and uh, I start to learn that like, that's healthy and everything. Like I, I feel like you believe, I believe you should make fun of yourself. Cause if you can't, like, how are you going to even laugh at anything if you can't right. laugh at yourself? But if you're always just bringing yourself down, that's going to change the way you think. And that's going to change what you do. That's going to change what you put into the world. If you like see yourself in a negative light, then how is anybody going to see you in a positive light? You know, so it's a, it's a balancing act, man. And yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I don't know. I think my, my biggest struggle is, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the doubt and a lot of the anxieties, a lot of times they, you know, contradict each other. It's like going back to the music. It's like, you know, I'm afraid that I'll never record this and I'll never try and it'll just stay as a file on my computer forever. But I'm equally as afraid that I'm going to try it and put it out and someone's going to like it and they're going to want me to follow through on it. There's or, that. I'm gonna, or I'm going to put it out and they're going to be like, wow, you're, life's ambition is garbage you, you should yeah. leave it so well that's it's way less work to listen to that guy and leave it than it is to listen to your calling and keep putting it out yeah that's that's, that's fair that's, that's fair. way and most people choose the path of least resistance but we're not most people in the lifting dead army motherfucker you gotta keep keep going at it man that's what you do. You can't stop when they want you to. That's what they want you to do because then they'll feel better. And for $13 a month, you can be an emperor. Mike, drop it on that, baby. I didn't say it. You said it. <laughs> That's true. It's a, uh, hey man, it's, it's a balancing act. That's all it is. That's all everything is, but keep it up. That's why we need music, man. Like who, in, like who, uh, who inspires you? Who are your biggest influences, whether it be music or anything? Uh, musically, I, um, huge uh definitely a huge misfits fan they um obviously you know with the horror the og kind of the the campier side of horror i should say mm -hmm. you know I, I i look to them a lot for like writing lyrics because my my approach to writing lyrics for a song is i envision it as if i could transform it into like a tales from the crypt episode or like a tales from the crypt serial comic kind of thing and there's certainly more influence from the misfits from that than there are 
you know, like Cannibal Corpse. I don't think Cannibal Corpse would make a very good comic book, at least not one that'd be sold in, in stores. But, yeah. um, you know, like, like, for example, like, if my releases had anything more than just a digital release, I would love for like the liner notes to be just like a comic book. Sure. Like, uh, um, like Rob Zombie's Hellbilly Deluxe. And exactly. All that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, sure. yeah. And, and for me, it, the Misfits was what started that. That was, that was my introduction into, you know, cause I grew up listening to songs on the radio. I, I didn't grow up in like a musical family really. So really? my assumption was that songs were always about, love or breakups or partying and then when i heard the song skulls for the first time i was like holy shit these two can exist together like this is this is where i need to be oh, yeah. um, so those guys definitely you know i've been into some bands before that um you know the band that made me pick up an instrument was actually green day um Fair. but you know later on once i was getting into metal uh obviously huge into metallica as far as songwriting, um, Black Dahlia Murder is a huge influence. Um, earlier, like, like Trivium stuff is a real big influence. That's where a lot of more like the melodic stuff comes from, I think. Uh, but yeah, I listen to, I don't know, listen to a lot of things. I feel like different things influence different things. You know, we yeah. talked about Rob Zombie influences more of the artistic theatric side of Valkyrie more than the musical side, but. I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like I listen to any, any one thing more than anything else. I just listen to what I like. And yeah. it's like, we talked about why I don't really care for subgenres Cause I feel like too many people allow themselves to be, uh, you know, narrow minded. Like mm -hmm. if it's not thrash, well, I'm not listening to it kind of thing. And you know, you're selling yourself short in my opinion, but definitely bro. Definitely. I think, uh, you know the music coming out these days and with the help of things like Bandcamp and the internet you can just be exposed to like how many truly great artists and music that are out there that are hard to classify I, th I think we're I hope anyway we're starting to break those borders down of you know being just stuck in one sub genre because like it's you know I feel I hope that's a thing of the past we're starting to become a thing of the past because that just that, that limits everybody it, li it limits your listeners and it, you know, there's so much shit out there. You know, how many times you get excited about like a new band coming out that's like, we just do just thrash. We're just like an 80s thrash band. That's it. Okay. There's like yeah, already, that's already been done. Like, are you going to be better than Slayer? Like, I appreciate right. what you're doing. Like, I, I love if, if that's your passion. Sure. Like, that's awesome. But like, it's not going to be better than Slayer or Municipal Waste to have done that already or Toxic Holocaust or like things like that. You know, so I think what you do is uh, is cool. It's, that's that's the way to do it in this day and age, especially if you want to get noticed and have some notoriety. Yeah, I think it's makes it all the more impressive just blend that shit together. Well, thanks, man. That's that's good to hear. I'm glad yeah. I got someone sold on it. Fuck, man, you got more than me sold on it, man. You'll be all right. The misfits, the spirit of the misfits carries will carry us all. You know, I think about that all the time. Obviously, I mean, my fucking brand name is. Death, you can't take a misfit song. Death comes ripping. So they're pretty much my favorite band ever, them and Black Sabbath. But, you know, even if what I do isn't music, and, you know, like you said, you listen to Rob Zombie, but you don't sound like Rob Zombie, the spirit of them will influence what you do and, and help you. Like it help, helps me. Like, you know, think about how brave the misfits were. You know, you're worried yeah. about putting your EP out because, you know, five people that hear it on Bandcamp might think it sucks, but like, 
at the time the Misfits came out when there was like punk rock was hardly invented and it was like more melodic. And then there's these fucking dudes dressed in black that sing about chopping off girls heads and like all that shit and putting eyeliner on. I think that's that that's like a bold ass move, you know, and um, Rob Zombie, same way, you know, David Bowie, same thing. Like I think about all the music and artists I love and just use that kind of just mindset to just keep going forward and put your shit out there because without that level of bravery you know black sabbath invented heavy metal shit didn't sound like that before black sabbath i bet it was kind of weird to put that out at first they might be they might have been like i don't really know you know yeah but yeah and and i don't mean to i don't and not to say that i am but i don't mean to sound like you know i'm reinventing anything or like i'm afraid of putting it out because it's super original and crazy but sure man um yeah yeah i just uh not what it sounded like i think uh, you know i I don't think anybody would misconstrue that you know you're uh it's just how it's just how it is how it be sometimes bro but what is original at this point you know yeah right the last time you heard something that's like wow i've never heard this before pretty much all been done it's just yeah you know that that might have been a benefit of growing up in a small town in in Texas uh, where I wasn't exposed to a lot of things was I, you know, I felt like everything I was discovering was brand new to the world, even if it was, you know, like Metallica and it was like 20 years old at that point. But yeah, I I do miss those days, those days of just complete and total discovery. Yeah, man, it's hard. The internet makes it too easy. Yeah. You know, but I do, I I am, I, I still search, I still have that like, collector's mindset and like discovery mindset like i'm still i still rapidly search for new bands hoping that they catch my attention a lot of them are great a lot of them do but uh band camp's a great tool and all mm-hmm. you know, it allows artists independently just to put their shit out a lot of it sounds great that's recorded on basically shit equipment like you couldn't do that when we were looking for albums you know so i always point kids in that direction i still use it i um I reference these guys a lot. This band, uh, this poster behind me, Fool of Hell. They, um, they're one of the new bands that just like really captivated me because they're just sound super different. And uh, if you don't, if you've never checked them out, you should check them out. They're, Fool uh, of Hell. Fool of Hell. So they're like grindcore meets like noise. Like they have like electronics in there. It's like super assaulting on all your senses. It's really heavy, but then sometimes it's really atmospheric and it's just really cool. So like shit like that's coming out. That like really is just taking everything that's already been done and kind of making like a big Frankenstein out of it and kind of throwing it at you. Like I dig that. Yeah. You know, so that's, it's very similar to what you're doing and what a lot of successful artists do today. So, you know, fucking, we talked about ghosts. I mean, what's ghost doing that Alice Cooper didn't do? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, fair. that's it. You know, whatever it's theater rock, you know, they're the, they're probably, I don't know, man. They're big, but like I don't see any bands coming up that are gonna be like the next thing that like I loved, you know, like growing up loving Kiss, Rob Zombie, Cooper, all those guys, like you know, when they die, there's gonna have to be somebody. How much of stuff like that do you think was like true originality and how much of it do you think was like timing? Like say Black Sabbath never happened, but metal as a whole happened. Mm-hmm. Would Black Sabbath have been successful if they came out in like 91? 
That's hard to say. Yeah, I mean, that you could I, – I think about that a lot, you know. I think about, you know, if Alice Cooper didn't do it, somebody was going to chop chop their head off on stage eventually or somebody was going to come out with shock rock. Yeah. Uh, I think with Sabbath, songwriting and the riffs and everything are just undeniable. So if, like, nobody recorded anything off of Master Reality – sent till 91 and the master of reality came out in 91 i think it would blow every other record out of the water that came out in 91 so that that's how i i think about that but like bands like you know how many bands existed that just didn't have the right publicist that could have you know been the yeah, right. been the thing it's impossible it's impossible to say so i mean as with anything you got to know when to time it you know if um you know, I think about that, uh, that too, with my own brand and self, like if something like really similar to this already ex existed, you know, as much as my heart and soul's into it, uh, pro probably wouldn't be near as successful. So you gotta, you gotta time it right. The Misfits came out. Misfits are pretty fucking original. I think they could have came out at any time. Bands that don't sound super original. I don't know. You know, if Marilyn Manson came out today, it'd probably be like no big deal. Like this shit's been happening. Yeah, he'd probably be too tame if he came out today. Probably too tame if he came out today. Yeah, all you had to do in '99 was like kind of have tits. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be super shocking, you know. But that's a good point, man. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. It's yeah, it's it's definitely hard to say. But I, I you know, I look at you know, Metallica has been a huge influence for me since I've. That was really what bridged the gap into being into heavier music and. Yeah, you know, like, like right. with the black album, that was ultimately what, you know, just shot them to superstardom. I mean, they were already a, a big band, but they were still mostly underground, but I don't know. I don't know if, if the black album had came out in the mid eighties or if it came out, you know, two years later, if that tour would have ever happened where they, you know, toured the world right. just continually for three years, if, if that, I don't know. Right. That's just coming <laughs> off the tail end of the eighties, you know, the, the decade of excess that the eighties were. And I don't, I don't know if, if stuff like that would have happened at any other time. No, that's, that's a product of just, they were the perfect band making that perfect record for that perfect time, you know? And if whether, whenever it was released, it would probably be an awesome record, but like that whole just thing surrounding them, like, you know, Motley Crue with Dr. Feelgood, same thing, you know, they reached yeah. like ultimate level of eighties. So, uh, you know, it's pretty hard to say, but that's what was what makes true artists and true visionaries special is because they can kind of capitalize on, you know, the doors open. You got to walk through it kind of thing. So there you go. Put that into your put that into the uh, vial, the next project from Tales from the no Valkyrie AD. Your first album is Tales from the Wicked. Oh, it's Valkyrie AD. I might just make this podcast like track six and we'll just call it. Call it a day, yeah. You can call yeah. it a full length. This is an hour, you know. Boom, full length album. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. I can't wait to listen to it. I'll be. I, you best be sending me some shit before before the public hears it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I've we'll got. I've got you and like my brother. Those are those are my fan base. So yeah, I'll hit those guys up. Hit you guys up first, and then yeah, blast it out to the world. And and uh, we'll see what we can do, man. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start distributing. Um, you know, underground artists, you know, just, you know, I want to make death comes lifting into like a low key underground record label, as I've told you before. And, you know, said in the past, it's definitely something that's on my radar. So a great way to start, at least in my opinion, 
and it's what what we're inching towards is just to uh, help help artists we like by selling their shit through our through our um, websites or through our social medias or whatever whatever. So if the time comes, dude, I would love I would love to uh, get some Valkyrie AD like cassette tapes pressed. Maybe oh, yeah, man, that'd be awesome. Like some like Halloween Halloween style cool shit, like because your shit lends itself so well to packaging and like the whole aesthetic. And that's what, that's what I love, you know, to sort of sell it as like a, you know, like a Halloween special tape with like, like an orange tape of like a little insert. that's kind of like a comic book. Dude, that'd be fucking, it doesn't even matter what it sounds like. You know, you don't, people, have, to, you don't have to sell me on it, man. I'm, I'm already on board. Yeah, man. I mean, that's, I mean, that's how my mind works and that's what I gravitate towards. So that's why I gravitated towards what you do. And to be clear, just because we're friends and you're in the Lifting Dead Army or whatever, if I didn't like your music, I wouldn't fucking do that. Like, I wouldn't, I would tell you that, you know, I would say, oh, love, bro, but that's just not what we're, what we're looking for. I just, I won't put out anything I don't like. Uh, I never have. And, you know, I think I never will. So we're, you're on to something, bro. Keep it up. Yeah, that's, that's good to hear. Yeah. Like you said, I've been, been following Death Comes Lifting for, I don't even know probably like 2018 maybe when did you yeah, start 2017 two years yeah 2017 yeah you at least two years you were you were right there real early man so we it's just that. strolling through instagram and it was a picture of like a guy doing dumbbell curls with like you know a black flag looking shirt on it's like oh this is this must be where i belong and that's yeah. the point, man that's the point you got the point right off the bat man you know we uh a lot of people out there, not just us, but, you know, struggle to find somewhere to fit in. You know, it's hard to it's hard to fit in somewhere. So if I can provide that community, which is what the online Lifting Dead Army is, I'm trying to make it, you know, like a little community where everyone can belong and feel comfortable and contribute and talk and, you know, comment and, you know, post their workouts and feel good and podcasts. Like, man, that, that means so much more than selling a T-shirt. So Yeah, I, I think the lone wolf, mentality that people try to put up is a bit overrated i think if i think if we any if we were able to learn anything from this quarantine it's that we are all actually social creatures and we all actually need community so it's good it's good to see people that are into you know fitness horror and heavy music because most times when i try to talk about any of those you can just see people like their eyes glaze over it's like okay i'll shut up oh yeah not here for sure that's what we're all about but it's just a weird, found myself in a weird place. You know, I'm a fitness dude, but like at a metal show or a punk show, I'm out of place because I'm a fitness dude. But if I'm in the gym, I'm out of place because I'm, you know, wearing a Cannibal Corpse t-shirt. You know, and I was just like thinking there has to be, there has to be just more. <laughs> there has to be more than just, just me and there has to be a community out there. And uh, thankfully there's enough. All six of you that are listening to this, I love you. <laughs> Keep it oh, up. Yeah, man. Tell your friends. Tell your friends now. It's cool. I, I want to stay, you know, I thought about, you know, the future, obviously, and I would love to see this grow and expand. But if it ends up just being like a sweet underground thing that ends up paying for itself, that's all I could ever ask for, man. I don't need to be fucking Nike. You know, that would be cool. It would be cool to be like the anti-Nike Nike. Don't get me wrong. I'd like, like to take it to the stars, but I like to have the underground. I like to. That's why I wanted to do a podcast with you. That's why I do a podcast with my followers, people like that. Like I just, I love connecting with people. I love just being real and uh, accessible. So many, especially the fitness world on social media, a lot of that shit's so fucking lame and plastic and people are fooling themselves and won't give you the time of day. Like 
I want to fuck that. I'm going to be the anti that, you know? Yeah, there's a, it's a very harmful plastic culture that, that Instagram has amplified in all of us chasing the likes chasing the likes trying to stay in great shape all year round so you go you know you want to post that selfie right good you know you got to take something you can't be a lot of people are still disillusioned by this which is which is crazy to me maybe because and yeah i'm sure you know but because we're in the fitness game so long like chicks or whoever that are on fucking up you know uh, magazine covers and are posting their like best bikini selfies. They don't look like that all the time, you know. Like a bodybuilder on stage looks like that for three fucking hours, you know. And people are st- people still don't get that. Yeah, you know? I had abs for a weekend, and then I think I ate a sandwich, and they were that. That was it. Sure. Yeah, and that's the good. You're a healthy, normal, functioning fucking human being. You know, people that walk around like unless you're an alien or just like Bruce Lee, like a genetic freak of nature. It's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, and you've talked about this on your on your show before. It's it's a sure. misconception to think that you know people on the cover of Men's Health are actually healthy, right? There's there's a lot of you know you know Mr. Olympia week of competition is arguably in pretty bad shape. He just he just looks cut. Looks cut. Yeah, and forget about the drugs it takes to get there. That's not even, we don't even have to talk about that part of it. Just like, yeah. you know, you're not and, supposed to have 2% body fat. Right. And that's just talking physical fit, you know, right. That's not even considering, you know, body dysmorphia is a very real thing in the bodybuilding community, you know, never right. thinking that you look what you actually look like. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know if you've heard me talk about it on a podcast or not, but I, I growing up, I had an eating disorder for a few years. Yeah. That shit. yeah yeah anorexic i was anorexic legally and uh still i mean i'm you know obviously I, at least i hope i don't look anorexic you can tell me if i do if i start to resemble the crypt keeper too much you but, look great zach thanks bro appreciate that but uh no i still struggle you know a little bit with it it's always in the back of your mind like you know what you should eat what you should not eat it's, you know i don't think anybody ever totally gets cured of shit like that but um you know, if I, if I can help dispel any of that shit, just from somebody that's been through it and been in it on the inside and people want to come talk to me about it, then, you know, that's, that means more than, than anything also, you know, but, uh, yeah, I, I, just like anybody else got totally disillusioned and swooped up into that just for lack of knowledge. And, you know, and, uh, you know, when you're growing up and you're insecure and you get into fitness for that reason, then that shit don't help, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, no, definitely not. So if we can uh, provide a little truth to people, that's why I don't want any like sponsored, quote unquote, sponsored athletes or anything like that. Like I just want real people, musicians, cool. You know, someone that goes to the gym, that's awesome and motivating. Cool. Like you don't, you don't have to post your fucking world record breaking workouts to be like a death comes lifting athlete. You know, that's not, you know, it's not what I want. Cause that's not realistic. I get that it sells things, but like not to the people I want to sell shit to. Yeah. How long have you been a trainer? I didn't go to college. So as soon as I graduated high school, I got a uh, fitness training uh, certification. So that's eight years. And I got lucky and got employed right off the bat. So I've been working at it for eight years. And since then, you know, I've gotten several more certifications. I've got a nutrition certification and just trying to keep up my game and keep up your clients. And yeah, so eight going on nine years. 
has has stuff like Instagram changed your the mentality that your clients have when they approach mm-hmm. getting a trainer? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, and I would li- I like to uh, dispel a lot of that, you know, because before I sign anybody up for training, I have just like a consultation, just meeting with them. Like I'm not going to be like buy the buy packages and then we talk or whatever, you know. So a lot of people are take them through a workout and everything. So a lot of people are disillusioned by, um, you know, trainers and fitness people only posting like their most impressive shit or like, you know, if you're not standing on a BOSU on one leg doing battle ropes and lifting and doing shoulder presses with a kettlebell at the same time that you must not know what you're talking about because you're not a super smart trainer. It's like, you know, like people think that just being crazy and um, doing complicated shit makes a good workout. But real people that are in the fitness know like the hardest, most effective workouts you could do are the simple, sinister, brutal shit, you know, and nobody wants to post their set, their four set of eight deadlifts at a heavy weight. You know what I mean? Right. They want to post crazy shit and especially trainers that, you know, they all claim to have the secret, the secrets in your mind. We talked about it earlier. So I like to establish that with all my clients. Like, you know, I could give you the most crazy effective, workout plan in the world but if you don't eat right and your mind's not tuned in it's worthless so i just am real with them up front so that way they're not disillusioned at all by it but yeah a few people are a few people are of course and that people that don't know better and no i didn't know better at the beginning i wanted abs in three weeks you know yeah the way you do that is starve and run and do a bunch of sit-ups wait those 60 second ab videos don't work they don't work they don't God work damn it. and it's amazing that we still believe they do, right? You know? Yeah, it's, it's funny the the mentality that people have, like, just to diets in general. Yeah. And especially when it comes to, like, supplements and stuff. It seems like everyone is pretty much in agreement that I can't take one scoop of whey protein and be ready for Mr. Olympia. Mm-hmm. But people think, oh, all I have to do is take this one pill and put this weird vibrating belt on, and I'll lose 17 pounds when I go to sleep tonight. It's it's, it's crazy. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. I mean, those things can all be definitely tools. Like, I'm not going to discredit all those things. Like, they could be tools to help you get to where you want to go. Like, if you only have 60 seconds to work out today, which is fucking bullshit, but if you only do, then sure, do a quick 60-second workout. Do as many burpees as you can, and that's a that's your workout for the day. Awesome. You know, wear your belt. Sweet. But uh, to, to uh, think that that's how you do it and fall for the marketing, man, that's just that's a shame that people still think that way. But at the same time, if we get away from all that stuff, still like the whole Instagram thing and the uh, Snapchat video workouts, like people are, you know, you can post, you can do a whole session and kind of boil that down into like three 10 second clips. So you have this like 30 second training session video, you know, but that's what you show people, but you don't show people what you do all day. You know, you got to right. put yourself right. You got to, you got to eat right. You got to warm up. You know, you're not showing boring shit like, you know, stretching your hips afterwards and you're not, you know, cooking broccoli. You know, you're, you're showing like the, that the flashy shit that people fall for. So don't fall for that shit, everybody. And I try to not like, I'm very conscious of what I post fitness wise, you know, I like to, I actually like posting just like mediocre, whatever shit, because I feel like that helps people more. Yeah. That'll encourage somebody to get into a gym. 
You just use Frank and Jan whenever you want. I use Frank and Jan. He just hangs everyone else to remember that we're just merely humans and he's just hanging out with us. Yep. Yep. And that's why I keep him around because he's just like, yeah, he's just this like motivating factor in my life and everybody's life. He just, he's, he's just, it, just by being around, doesn't have to be lifting anything crazy. It's just that, but that goes back to what we we're talking about earlier. That dude's mindset is just iron. Like there's nothing, there's nothing that will penetrate that dude's mindset. And uh, sometimes it works to his disadvantage. In fact, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's with anything he does. That's with work. You know, sometimes he's just never off his computer or he's, you know, he's all, he has to finish this thing. It's not always just deadlifting, but it's all mindset, man. And that's how you build. That's how you build your fucking, your fortress, your, your, our, our crypt of horrors is built on. You can fix that, dude. Get anything right. And we're all a work in progress. Like who the fuck am I? You know, a work in progress. Like everybody else, if you admit, if you say you're perfect and like, I have the answer, so give me your money and I'll, I'll fix you for good. That's probably bullshit too. So I never want to come across that way. We're all, we're all in this together. So you help me as much as I help you, man. And that goes to everybody. Awesome, man. Yes. It's good to hear. I hope that made sense. I think so. Good. As long as you think so, then we're good. Well, thanks so much, man. This was a really great, this is a really great broadcast. I'm really glad we got to do this. Yeah. Yeah. This is fun. I hope that, uh, you know, this is my first time doing anything like this. So hopefully I didn't uh, lower the the bar for future guests too severely. But, but bar, yeah. The bar yeah. is low as it, as it was before you came on, man. So the bar is on worry. the ground. The bar is on the ground, bro. Just don't worry about that. You're awesome. You're genuine. You're yourself. And that's what we need. And that's what we love. So keep working hard, man. Anything you want to add to the end of this? Anything you want to? bring it down on before I ask you my final question. Uh, yeah, just, the just, the the shameless self plug. Check Do it, out, yeah. uh, Tales from the Wicked. It's on, uh, anywhere you can find music. Uh, but yeah, you can just go to Bandcamp, search Valkyrie AD and, uh, yeah, Vial will be coming. Like I said, hopefully pretty soon next, next month or so. Awesome, man. Awesome. Or go to Death Comes Lifting on Instagram, click the link in the bio, and you will find my review in that whole section. So Yeah, and like get a, on pretty, that. a pretty stellar review, if I may say so. Amen. I, that's one another thing. You got to have fun with what you do, so I try to make the reviews fun. It was hard to not be like grinning like a goofy-ass little kid the whole time reading it. Like, yes. That's what we want. We are goofy-ass little kids. Final question for you. What is your favorite Black Sabbath album? I knew it was coming, man. Had to know. Yeah. uh, You prepared? Yeah. So I got. Yeah, I'm prepared, but I got some bad news. I've. uh, I've. I've never been that big of a that big of a Sabbath fan. I understand, but uh, but you know we we uh, decided what last Wednesday to to get this podcast going, and uh, so I spent the last ten days like. The last 10 days have been a Sabbath Sunday for me. Like, I'm going to have an answer for this guy. That's amazing. Uh, that makes me so happy, dude. But, yeah, I mean, I'd have to, I don't know, I have to go with the generic and probably just say master reality. That's great, man. I That's think, true. I think, That's the truth. You know, just Sweet Leaf, uh, Orchid, and Children of the Grave are just like, if, if, if I could have written Children of the Grave and Sweet Leaf, I could have called it a career. Absolutely. Me too. Uh, man. We're all trying to just write sweetly. Don't worry. 
But the important thing is that I, I did the homework. I did the required reading. You did, man. That it's means not, a lot. I got you to listen to Sabbath for like 10 days. That's, that's, not, that's a huge accomplishment. Yeah, because otherwise you would have been like, what's your favorite Sabbath album? I'd have been like, I don't know, Back in Black. So I'm glad we didn't do that. Dude, a lot of, I've, uh, hey man, I've gotten every answer under the sun and that's why I asked the question. So I don't take it personally, but do you, and you can say no, don't feel pressure to this, but since you not being a Black Sabbath fan prior to my low key enforcement of them upon you, do you appreciate them more after listening to them for the past 10 days or are you still kind of eh? Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Even even before we're listening to them, I've always like had nothing but utmost respect for, you know, just what they have given to metal and what they've given to music. Sure. Um, I don't know. It's just something that I just never really got into. I feel like just that the doomier stuff is always something that like, for me, it's good if I'm like driving at night. Otherwise, yeah. I'm just never really into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I, I've always appreciated what they are and, and what they've provided. But yeah, definitely after the last 10 days of just like the whole Spotify discography just on loop, like, yeah, definitely, definitely appreciated. Mission accomplished. Thank you, man. Thank you for being you. Thanks for doing that. It means a lot. Yeah, yeah no problem. Didn't want to let you down. My dude. Well, we're going to do this again um, soon. Let, let me know. Let us know when the new shit is out and you best believe we'll be promoting all that along with this podcast. So um, we'll time awesome, it right. Thanks, dude. Thank you. You got it, bro. Anything you need, you know where to find me. Hell yeah. Creep it real, brother. We're peacing out. Bye.